Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I, of course, am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today, as he is every week, is your lovely co-host, Michael. He's looking good. His hair is a little poofy. It's getting long after his quarantine cut, but otherwise he looks very fresh. He's cleanly shaven. Now, you're used to Michael being here. What you're not quite as accustomed to is we have a very special guest with us. You know him and love him. That's right. Jerry is back for another episode. He looks, I would say, even better than Mike. He's got a good fade going. He has his uh, Malcolm X (laughs) glasses on. He looks really good. The two of them look well-rested and ready to go. They're on vacation together and have taken some time for us, me and you, the listener. Now, what we will do is talk about a top 10 list. I don't know who's actually made the list. It's a top 10 list of some kind. Before this episode is over, we will have vigorously debated and arrived at a definitive top 10 version of that list. That's enough preamble. Let's get to it. All right. Thank you for that wonderful intro, Kyle. I will not stand in the way of the star of the show. So, Jerry, what do you got? Talk to us. So, it's funny. In preparing this list, I was thinking my... Like everyone, I've spent an awful lot of time at home and... I first thought the top 10 list would be the 10 things I've failed at <laughs> during <laughs> during COVID-19. I have, Why is it called COVID-19, by the way? You'll have to ask someone far yeah. brighter than I am. I, I take a shot at it. Do you actually want to know? No. No, we no, oh, no, no, no. no. There was a clip of the president oh. being very confused about the name. Yeah. Michael wants to get political. I don't want to get political. It's funny. It is. That's funny. funny. Come on. It, it is a little bit funny. <laughs> But I, but I was thinking, you know, these these things that I failed at. Like I was going to learn a foreign language. Uh, me too. I was gonna, really? Yeah, I was gonna, whatever that app is called, Duolingo. I, I'm like, yeah. What do you mean I can't learn Italian? Because yeah. when it started, I thought I was going to have three months at home. And all he's gotten so far is a ciao. A bit of Right. Right. What's the um that phrase that like everything phrase in Italian that they talk about in Spider Man? In Spider Man, remember he like they go to Italy and there's like a word that they they use for everything and they keep saying it. Forget it. Never mind. Oh, I don't remember. Never mind. I don't know. I, I like it though. We'll find. Skip this. it. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah. So I I thought that might be kind of negative because I've yeah. I've failed at an awful lot of stuff. I was going to lose weight and learn a language and be a you better person. Cool. And, I know this wasn't fishing no, for it praise. Doesn't, but it doesn't you, matter. You've the, tightened it up. Well, the fact was there was a lot I was supposed to do, yeah. and I thought that that was kind of negative. And so then I was looking at the bright side of this, and I was thinking, I've, I've been really fortunate, like a lot of people, to spend a lot of time at home with my family. Yeah, especially uh, right now. We're on, as Kyle mentioned, we're on vacation, so like this is pretty concentrated togetherness. Who I love dearly, and I think if you're fortunate enough to be able to hang out with your family, I think they take some of the sting out of this. And so that led me to today's top 10 list, which is... Um, Top 10 TV families. Oh, uh, I like that. Most like to be a part of, be around. So this actually does bring up an interesting point because sure. we've, we've discussed exactly what you said there before, which is best want to hang out with. There's some slight variations on who gets on those lists. Like I think Leslie Nope was a good example that we've used in the past where she's a great character in the context of like fiction. She's a great person in that she's like a high quality person mm. 
but I don't think I'd want to hang out with her. So on this list, are you thinking about like you want to be their son, brother, father? Like you just think they're great? What's kind what of think? all those things? Okay, like thinking, geez, I I like this family for this particular reason, okay. or I I like this time period and this family is in it, and that's pretty cool. And so there's a lot of different reasons. There there wasn't one qualifying thing, and and as you'll see from the list, um. Yeah, maybe the Leslie Nope idea sort of fits this as well, that it's not necessarily linear. Okay. Know? So, yeah. I'm glad that you're here to do this list with us because I feel with any list that, like, is going to draw heavily from, like, the golden age of family sitcomery, like, we're not really equipped to handle a list like that on our own. And I feel like this. This list will probably pull from a lot of shows that were popular, like, just before we were able to watch them. Like, like the golden age of family sitcoms, I feel like we're, what, like, 70s and 80s, and maybe even a little prior to that. And so, you'll be able to speak intelligently about those that we cannot as much. At least I can't. I haven't gone back and watched a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I think you're right on there. We needed an old guy, so we got well, our old guy. Yeah, I got it. I, we I heard it. it. It's a translation, yeah. Um, but it's definitely it's interesting because the concept of family has changed a lot in television. And, like, New Girl is a really good example where, like, Seinfeld and Friends were shows about friends, but they weren't really a family, whereas New Girl is – they're basically just a family – and that kind of concept, it used to be, I think, like you'd have a family sitcom or a friend sitcom. And over time, those things have kind of merged. And so I think going back to the golden era of TV where it's like, this is just a family show is where most of the good stuff's going to come from. So what's yeah. what's your definition of a family then, Jerry? Good question. Like nuclear, like modern, what are we talking here? Well, you know, kind of, I go I go from the 50s right up to present time. Okay. So really the evolution of the family and whatever that means, your traditional, original husband-wife to, you know, same-sex marriage, whatever. Yeah, Mixed steps. Up. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Just just families, people living together, uh, typically some some blood relationship. Could be a mom and dad. Maybe there's not a mom and dad, but there's there's siblings yeah. or whatever. So we probably so. we probably would say like a purely friend family like the gang on New Girl doesn't count. But as long yeah. as there's some blood ties, we'll we'll figure out the logistics. Yeah. So if there's like you could add them. So if there's like a wacky kind of uncle type figure that's really just an old friend of the single dad in a family, that's fine. Yeah. For, for example. example. For example. <laughs> yes. I think that would be great. All right. Absolutely. All right. Let's jury. I, I think we started number 10. Yeah. That's right. my favorite place to start. So number 10 was a show from the 70s called The Waltons. Mm. Uh, do you know about this show at all? It was Depression-era family. Um, kind of interesting. They, they, it, it wasn't like today's sort of hijinks. You know, they always get into some sort of trouble. It was just, it was just, just good 
old-fashioned, you know, it predates when I grew up. So to me, to look back on it was kind of fun. You give an insight. They they still drove these horse and buggies, and they also had cars that were uh, basically the original ones with the... Yeah, like a Packard, a Model T. Yeah, old, and, yeah. and they lived on a mountain, and I think I think what I liked about it, it was a big family, and it was they lived on Walton's mount, Mountain, and the grandma and grandpa lived with them. And I think I just... What I liked about it is they dealt with a lot of issues, but they dealt with them in a way that was kind of just easy. I, I probably first watched it when I was eight or nine years old or ten years old, and I remember... One of the things I enjoyed most about it is my grandmother, um, who which grandmother are we talking my about? My mom's mom, who grew up during that time, remembered a lot of it, and so she was she loved it. She loved that show very much, and so just just kind of a mix. It was um, like I said, there there was a general store and whatever. So I think the Waltons for me would be number ten. It was so just, who are the characters? So, so John Boy Walton, who um, so you're a kid, so you're watching this, yeah. you're like. Six to ten sure. kind of range. Yeah. Who was your character? Like, was there a kid character who you identified with? Uh, not really. It was just the family. There was there were brothers and sisters, and I think if I identified with it in any way, it was that there were four kids in my family, and I think there were probably six or seven in theirs, yeah. and there might have been ten years between the youngest and the oldest, and that kind of made it interesting because there were the little ones that were still sort of toddlers and and walking around and then the big brother john boy was the oldest of the group and he was in high school and then off to college and so no i think i just i just more identified with this extended family of people that just liked hanging out with each other so it was a really really a kind simple show i don't i don't think anyone would look at it like it's this great classic but i thinking about what family is to me um i think it's kind of cool when when multi-generational hangouts happen and and everybody contributes something so i think that for me is what i why i put that on this list it sounds wholesome as hell it was it was wholesome i like this out of that and i like i i I know i've made this point in the podcast before about parks and rec but i just really like when shows aren't afraid to be kind and the 70s is sort of an interesting time when it was starting to be less cool to be kind yep because Leave It to Beaver was uh, was off air probably by what the mid '60s or early yeah. '60s even, yeah. and so you kind of have that era, and then you get onto some other shows, which I have a feeling we might be talking about some of them that really changed what a sitcom could be in getting more serious. Yeah, and I think it got less cool to be nice, and you know I it sounds like you had a similar experience watching this and watching it either with your grandmother mm. or talking to her about it. As I had watching like Gilligan's Island with Aunt Joe and Aunt Jill, where it's just you're watching something. It's kind of simple. Even at your age, you kind of know it's simple, but it's mm. sweet, and you associate it with people that you like and who are your family. Yeah, and there's not a lot to keep up with. Yeah, you know, it's not this. It's not this week to week kind of drama where you know. I, I don't think yeah, they did Jesse this. and Walt aren't making meth. Yeah, they didn't do it as often back then where. You know, there were continuations of the yeah. storyline. It was everything was kind of neatly wrapped up almost every week. Once in a while, there would be a, you know, a continuation for a part two. But it was just just kind of easy, easy watching. And I actually stumbled upon that show probably six months or so ago on one of these old, I don't know, TV land or whatever uh, channels. And it still made me smile. But then it also made me think, oh, my gosh, how did you how did you stay attuned to this when there's so much more going on in tv today than there was at that time i think it's just a lot more uh complex and and so 
not saying you would <laughs> that you would like it, but um, kind of a cool family to, to hang out with. They were just nice. They enjoyed each other, the home cooking, and just whatever the original idea of a family was, they kind of met it. So I like that. I'm a yeah. fan. What do you got for number nine? Nine is <laughs> The Keatons, which was Family Ties, Yep. which was a show starring Michael J. Fox. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he was Alex P. Keaton, and that show was on in the early 80s, and he was like this Ronald Reagan Jr. figure. And I think, I think what was so interesting about that show, he never really did any trouble, but he was this kid with big ideas. He was this capitalist, entrepreneurial kid carried a briefcase around <laughs> everywhere. It was just I didn't I see I don't I never watched this show. Oh my god. But I, because of what I know about Michael J. Fox, I always assumed he was just like the shit. Well he was just like a like a, a snotty little kid, but he's not if really. You, if you Google it, the first thing that comes up, it's like all these pictures of the family together and they're all wearing like you know, button-up shirts, like, they look nice, but then Michael J. Fox yeah. is wearing a jacket and a tie in all of these. <laughs> right, right. He's like this prep school kid. I don't know. He's the smartest one in the family, or at least he thinks he is. And We've both been there. Yes, you have been <laughs> We there. both you, you and Michael J., yep, yep. Absolutely. So, so what? So, what's the family situation? Does he have a sister? He has a sister. Is Justine Bateman? She was kind of. Um, she's Jason Bateman's from uh, the Ozarks and also from Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Our favorite movie. Uh, spelt bad words. Yep. If you look her up, and I, <laughs> he was a famous kid too, wasn't he? Jason Bateman. I think he had like a. He was on a show. He was. Yeah, he, he was on this show. You said a show. I like. I think yeah, he, he was had like, like a kid star yeah. show too. I think he's kind of similar to Michael J. Fox in that way. Can you look up Justine Bateman? Let me guess. You had a crush on her. I did. Yeah, of course you did. I can <laughs> see it in your eyes. I did. I'm not gonna lie. If you look her up, and you got to remember, you're you know, 14 years old or however, 16 years old. She was kind of a hottie. Yeah. Um. Looks like is she was she his older sister on the show? Yeah, yeah. She's got nice dark hair. I uh I don't recognize her. Did, what did you say she was in? Just that. I I don't know oh, that she was oh, in okay. Family Ties, but I don't know that she was in anything gotcha. beyond that. Gotcha. I don't know what she did, but yeah, that show she was she was pretty good. What so. did it, that'd be tough. Just or uh, Jason and Justine at a young age. That's just got to be confusing. Yeah, that that name scheme seems kind of silly. Too close. We talked about that recently. I don't know who it was about, but it was about one of our families and like names that we could possibly do. And it was like, th- those are both great names on their own, but you could never name two kids that. I mean, it's like George Foreman's kids. Be very confusing in that household. Kyle, do you know about George Foreman's kids? <laughs> Aren't they all named the same thing? And it's like, yeah, yeah, they're like all George. Yeah, it's tough. It's hard. Yeah. I, I mean, you think about it, it's like when somebody's got to take out the trash, it just... I had an old baseball coach. I know, I know this. Whole, I, this is great. Walter I, Mathal, by any chance? Yes. That's the one. <laughs> and, Mr. Boilermaker. Uh, uh, I won't say his name, but like... Yeah, please don't. His name... So his... <laughs> he had a half-brother... Well, they had the... Put in a fake name. Do us a favor. Put in a fake name, because I remember it was distinctive. So, like, but give us a like a... An, equivalently crazy fake name so his name was like mike uh mike 
like not like a Johnson, like a, a name. Havlicek. Let's say Havlicek. Mike Havlicek. And his half-brother, so his brother from the same father but a different mother. Guess his name. Mike Havlicek. They had the same fucking name. <laughs> this guy just, he named his two kids from two different mothers. <laughs> There's something so wrong about that. Like, we, we were watching, so my dad and I were watching a movie yesterday with Seamus called A Simple Plan, which I think I might have mentioned to you, Kyle, as something that Jerry had mentioned that we wanted to watch. Long story short, there's two brothers in it, and one is clearly the favorite brother. He's the college boy, and the other one is like the one who got left home. Sure. And I just think if you name two kids the same thing, they're both boys, and one is from the first marriage, and one is from the second or you know previous relationship and second relationship. There is absolutely an element of I screwed it up the first time. I'm gonna get it right the second time. To that, that's just so unmistakable. Like if you name two different things, at least it's like, well, this is A, this is B. But if you do like Mike and Mike, it's A one and A two. I have a very good friend who I'm sure would never stumble upon this <laughs> podcast, but uh, his dad and mom got divorced, and he subsequently married. Married or just fathered, I'm not sure which. I don't know the second woman yeah. he was with. But he actually named his first two sons from the second marriage the same as his first two from the first marriage. <laughs> one up. And, and you and did they, get one up. I wasn't trying to do that, but, <laughs> but and they had his last name. I mean, they... they <sighs> and it's, it's kind of funny because the dad... Oh the dad... <laughs> The dad was a junior, and which would have made the kid the third. And, and then the and other the one fourth, also the third. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. How what it, what, give me one of the names that I might know. No last name, but just what's one of the first names I would know. This, the Charmer. Gotcha. These, yeah. are, this is, uh, these are my sons, Bill and Randy, and Bill and Randy. <laughs> If we wanted a couple, of, we wanted a couple of wusses, we'd named them Doctor Queen and Medicine Woman. Well, that's funny because there was a show um, called Bob Newhart, the Bob Newhart Show, and it spun off to something, and that was a gag. He was in this. They moved out of the big city, much like Green Acres, mm -hmm. which you probably won't get that reference. But they moved out of the big city, and this guy introduced himself, and then his two sons, and it was this is my son Daryl, and this is my other son Daryl. <laughs> And it was so, yeah. But at least the guy you're talking about and the guy I'm talking about had the, the brains to start a completely Yeah, they came like family. a new chain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. All right, that was number nine we just did. Yeah. Was uh, the, yep. the Keatons. Um, family, family ties. Yep. All right, what do we got for number eight? Number eight would be the Cleavers, as in Leave yeah. It to Beaver. Um, 50s and 60s kind of family sitcom or whatever that... Uh, was just interesting because I often thought I was I was born in the '60s and so I I can't relate so much to what went on in the '50s. But I yeah. often thought, um, as someone who came at the end, well, was born in the middle of the turmoil of the '60s, but yeah. didn't really recognize it. Um, I think I'm more identified with the '50s and sort of romanticized what might have gone yeah. on there. And so this idea of a perfect family was really appealing to me. Um, but what's funny, I think, has yeah. been because that idea was something you were aware of as a kid and because it was something that was sort of foisted upon you and held up as something, you've really rebelled against that as an older person. Like, it is funny. I, I think for the listener, 
the ironic thing about you mentioning the Cleavers is that you are so adamantly anti-Cleaver when they're used against you as a weapon. Like, telling you how you should behave or what you should want. It's like, you, you as a kid, you looked at it and it had those soft edges and the sepia tone, and now you're like... F them. You've sort of like spent your whole Turned life yeah, not being yeah. that. Yeah. So it's it's Ward and June are the parents, and Ward, then the kids. Ward are, has a big job. Yeah. He's he's they. I don't believe <laughs> they, they probably ever really don't. say, but he's an insurance man. I think. Yeah. And I think two cocktails at lunch. The story is uh, they live outside of New York City, and Westchester probably. Probably his mom is June. Yep. And all you ever see June is in the kitchen. <laughs> And she's cooking something. And she's, she's beautiful. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's, <laughs> she's as fit as any woman ever would be. But but she got fit using that little uh, machine that shakes her <laughs> stomach. Shaker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's Wally Cleaver, mm-hmm. the, the oldest son, and then Theodore, a.k.a. the beaver. Beaver mm-hmm. Cleaver. And beaver yep. Cleaver, yes. Yes. And oh. we just have a, a group of friends... Um, might not translate quite the same today as it did. No, but but the thing that's interesting about it is it doesn't translate as the ideal of what a family should be, but it does translate as how a family often interacts with each other. Like, especially if you peel back sort of the glow on it, like the roles that each of these characters played yep. was, I think, fairly accurate to the way people wanted to have their roles be like like the stuff for example that uh wally is doing to the beaver on the show is kind of cute and funny but it's the same kind of bullshit that actual older brothers are doing to their younger brothers it just wasn't quite as mean a hundred percent and and you know it's this age-old thing where brothers don't get along yeah but if you're an outsider he's my brother yeah kind of stuff oh my a hundred percent and so the big brother looked after the younger brother but what's what's funny about it now as a grown-up i i not gonna lie if it's if i bump into it i watch it and it's really slow and it's kind of dumb but i I, it still makes me smile they share a room so from Mm. the outside of the house you see this you know it's big beautiful house they've got the lawn the, the nice looking car and everything and it's it's Wally and the Beaver share a room, two little twin beds, and it's just, there's a study and all the things, like you said, that, that I think were sort of idealized but unrealistic. Well, it's funny. Just think about that bedroom. Just think, how old was Wally? Well, the show was on for five or six years. All right, so, so he, was he was probably between 13, 13 to 18. 18. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me break it to you, Beave. <laughs> Wally was whacking off. <laughs> Halfway across the room, while the beaver was trying to read the Hardy Boys with his flashlight under his under his bed, uh, while he was across the room looking at you know Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I I do think that in today's if it were updated, June might walk into the room and say, "What the hell stinks in here?" <laughs> you know, yeah. Good night, Wally. Good night, Wally. Good night, Wally. Wally. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, exactly. But that is, but I actually I will say that's actually a I think it holds up more than you're giving it credit for. Like I think you're trying to hedge by not by making sure we don't think you idealize it too much. But it actually is still a pretty funny show. I've watched yeah. a couple episodes with you. I actually still think it's pretty good. It, it is pretty funny, particularly when the beaver is younger. Yeah, just... like no, they're not taking on the grand issues of the day. No, no there's not a single like 
black person in all of their town, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a sweet show that was, you know... No, but they... But funny! Well, it was funny! It's funny, and it's also funny because, you know, you're right, they're all white, they're all middle class, yeah. you know, suburbanites, but but they've got the stereotypical kids. One is Eddie Haskell. He's like, <laughs> I love Eddie. This brown noser, he's one of Wally's friends, he's constantly picking on the beaver, and he's just two-faced. And then there's the fat kid. Yeah, what's um, his name? Uh, you always mention Larry Mondello. Larry Mondello. He, he's a, like your fa- one of your favorite TV little characters. fat kid that can't quite keep up with anything, and he's 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 a little slow witted. It's just whatever. The show show is good. Anyway, that's that's um, number eight. Leave it to Beaver. Love it. Great pick. Um, all right, jury. Well, I think you know what that means for Kevin to cue the music. I don't know. You got to cue it for Kevin. Okay, Kevin, can you cue the not top ten? Boom! Wow, beautiful. Very Thank clear you, and concise. There's no debate about what Kevin had to do there. Thank you, Jerry. No, Kevin is a winner. All right, what do you got, Jerry? <laughs> so my not top ten. You know, <laughs> it was a show called The Munsters. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever hear the monsters? Do you ever know about the monsters? Yeah, well, it's, I'm thinking it, of the same. Or no, no, no. Yeah, the Herman Munster, right? Or, yeah, no. yeah. Okay, Herman. He's like a Frankenstein. Yeah, I don't, I don't know character. what. I don't know what the actual like. It's just like a stupid. They're just weird. Yeah, they're all they're all weird. I I mean, I tried so many times to watch that show, and I I just couldn't get into I it. I think it was, my mom loves the Munsters, and that's why when I was know. it cool? Because your mom is maybe a, like two maybe years like two than years than older maybe? than you, but yeah. right around your age. When was that popular? Do you remember? Got to be the fifties. It it has to be the fifties. So before your 60s. time, a little bit. Yeah, it was on reruns. I yeah. never saw it live. I just I just didn't love it. What does it say, Kyle? Uh, let's see. It was on from. Do, 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 do. It was like 1964 to 1966. It was only two okay. seasons. That's it? That yeah. surprises me. Well, there was 70. But there was 70 episodes of it. Damn. Wow. Yeah. It just didn't love it. Okay. Another one is The Adams Family. Sort of the same. <laughs> it's idea. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the same, same show, show which is yeah. weird. Probably and, why I hated them both. And I will say, <laughs> I didn't like. So I've watched. I've actually watched like four episodes of The Adams Family. They're they're so first of all, you take it at face value that they're creepy, right? Like you, you just assume that's the premise of the show. So okay, you excuse the creepiness. Yes. I also just don't think they're a very good family. Like the the parents are not they don't strike me as particularly loving parents. I don't want to get into what's up with Uncle Fester, but I'm not totally sure what's up with Uncle Fester. Well, the story goes that that's how the family started. I had right. heard that actually. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But like I, I they were I didn't like them. No. No. The only time they were good was when they were on Scooby-Doo. They were great. Do you know they were on Scooby-Doo? That's a great crossover. That is a great crossover. There have been better crossovers, but that is... The Globetrotters. The Globetrotters. We could do do a a pod on Scooby-Doo. We were watching the Globetrotters episode somewhat recently and i forget who it was i want to say it was scatman crothers but there was somebody like famous <laughs> dining yeah there was somebody famous who did a couple of voices on that of, it was uh, him. metal arc it was him was it he him did, he yeah. did a lot yep so did uh, vincent price oh yeah he does the did intro the, to the, bunch... the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo yep, yep. yep. That's i right. remember when the first time i heard thriller 
I said, oh my God, it's the guy from Scooby-Doo. That's right. Yep. He probably wouldn't appreciate that. Little little digression. When I was a kid, the Globetrotters were so big. They used to have these things. I don't know what you call them now, but they were like these vinyl um, little figures that, mm-hmm. that stuck. They were, they were three-dimensional but very flat. And you could peel them off, and you could you could put them on this board, and put the basketball with different ones. So there was there was a time that the Globetrotters were they were a very iconic. Deal. Yeah, they were. Yep, yep. And the the other show, and I I don't know, I, probably because it was too stressful. I <laughs> never liked the Connors from Roseanne. <laughs> I was gonna Did you put like them, it. I was gonna put them on this list for a different meta reason, but yeah, I. Yeah, I, that too. <laughs> I, I remember watching the show because it was on Nick at Night, and like, I didn't really get it. Like, I fell in love with pretty much any Nick at Night family that got thrown at me, yeah. but not really the Connors. I never got into it. Well, it is interesting because I think when you're talking about all of these shows, part of why a show like you know the Waltons maybe isn't as popular now is because there probably wasn't enough conflict like the stuff you're talking about is you know somebody's got to learn not to lie or whatever like it's not enough conflict but then on the other end of the spectrum you can end up with too much conflict where like Roseanne and whatever the um you know John Goodman character is like they have Dan Dan, they have real problems (laughs) and it can be too much yeah. And you have to kind of find the middle ground. Like like King of Queens is a good example where you know that that Doug and um Carrie don't have a ton of money, but they've got enough. Like they're okay. And you know, you know that she's way too good looking for him, but they love each other. And you know Arthur the dad is annoying, but he kind of brings color to their life. Like yeah. yeah, there's there's sort of enough stress but enough peace. Yeah. And I think the uh, Roseanne doesn't strike that balance well enough. Part of it is that she's just a bad, like she, she obviously a, yeah. outside the context yeah. of the show, bad person, but she's just stressful. Like yeah. I don't like being around Roseanne on the show. Yeah. Well, it, it's one thing to watch. Like I, I don't know. This will date me, but back in the eighties, a show called Dynasty or Dallas. Yeah. It was basically nighttime soap yeah. operas, and the stuff they dealt with it was always. Somebody was always trying to backstab somebody else, and, and yeah. there was a lot going on, and it was okay because that's what the show was. But for me to watch, you know, Roseanne, it 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 was stressful. I mean, yeah. it really was. It was stuff that they dealt with, and it, it was it was always something. Like it it wasn't funny to me. Yeah, you know. So anyway, that's my not top ten. I think depending on how you want to discuss this, like this family is either the worst family ever or like because of the quality of the show like the best family ever th- th- let me know what you think like the Blutes are by all metrics just like a terrible fucking family but the show I is so good i think we should put them on the not tops the Blutes from arrested development oh. because they are legitimately an they are awful so family selfish. they're terrible. It's the most selfish yeah. collection yeah. so explain explain the Blutes for the listeners <laughs> so all right so back to jason bateman yeah it's, it, the best way to describe it is just the the voiceover at the beginning. It explains the whole yeah. thing. Jason Bateman is forced to keep his family together. It's his sister uh, and brother, played by Will Arnett, and I don't remember the, the actress's name. Portia de Rossi. Yeah. Um, and their dad, who goes to prison, like, I think in the very first episode. Um, yeah, from the boat, I think. He yeah. gets arrested. And so without his 
his patriarchy and the money from their business, like the rest of the family kind of falls apart and it's Michael, Jason Bateman's job to, to keep them all together. And it's what am I like? It's a really, really top notch show, but they just spend all of their time. Oh, I didn't even mention Buster, uh, Tony Hale. Yeah. They just spend all of their time backstabbing and undermining each other. And like, ultimately they do, have affection like respect for each other but like i don't know this is part of what i like about the show was that they never push their affection too far it's It's sort of the the seinfeld no growth no hugs model and arrested development got that i think they like ultimately like the fact that they are all like still in each other's lives by the end of it is like the only indication you get that they really like kind of like each other in in a weird way but they really fuck each over each other over a lot and get in each other's way. Yeah. It's great television. It's great. Michael and George Michael genuinely <laughs> like each other yeah. and enjoy each other's company. Jason Bateman and Michael Sarah. That's it. Those are the only two who who they love each other and like each other. Yeah. Right. It's kind of funny because the old man that goes to yeah. jail appears years later in the accountant. He was? Yeah. I, That's I, a funny movie if, for him to be in. Well, he's actually the um, advisor in prison to... Uh, oh, my God. The get out of here. Wisdom. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Look it up. I'm 99% I hope they sure played that music, like the, the Hebrew like pipes while he has his uh, his yarmulke on. But Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. I think the out. The yeah, it is Jeffrey Tambor. Was he in? Is he? Was he in the accountant? Well, look, I, I believe you. I, 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 it sounds like it something that they would do. Let's take a look. Yeah. You guys keep talking. All right. So, so number seven. Oh my god! I just looked over your shoulder. <laughs> was Malcolm in the middle? And oh honestly, I don't know their names. I don't know their last name. I don't know if they ever tell you. I'm not. Sh- I'm not a hundred percent sure they have a last name. They have to have <laughs> a last name. They probably do. You know who else has a last name? Francis Silverberg, a.k.a. Jeffrey Tambor's character in The Accountant. Nice. It is, right? Nice work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did you say? Jeffrey Silverberg? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even in movie land, that's a fake name. Francis Silverberg. Is that who's Michael Silvergold? That's from something. (laughs) Somebody makes up a name. Are you thinking of Goldmember? No, there's somebody on a show makes up a name and it's Michael Silvergold or something. <laughs> At any rate, um, oh, Malcolm in the Middle is such a treasure. I, and it's, I, remember, I have to go back into, and watch it. Yeah, we get into a habit. I remember who was home. It might have been. So we had kind of a weird yeah. dynamic. We were a girl house for a very long time. Yeah. And Until about 2011. Then they drifted off. Yeah. And Nine. we were allowed, pretty much Michael and I were allowed to yeah, do Yeah, free reign. That was when we got into My Name is Earl. <laughs> we watched some stupid <laughs> yeah, shit that, that was, we were allowed to watch yeah, finally. Like, was, that was a funny that's show. That's a good show. It, was, it is a funny No, I know, but it's like a stupid boy show that we well, were then ended up, before. And then he ended up on Remember the Titans. Yep. Right? What's yep. His, I, or the other yeah. way around, right? Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. big blonde-headed kid. Yeah. Anyway... I, Malcolm in the Middle was one of the things too that we watched for a while. Oh my god, we had it was the weirdest lineup. We had Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, Seinfeld, Frasier, and Malcolm in the Middle. Those were like a rotation, a rotation yeah. of shows that for what I think it was because of the time because we usually yeah. we had a pretty early bedtime growing yeah. up, like it was eight eight thirty. Even as we got a little bit older, and those shows for whatever reason were like the six thirty to eight block. That we could watch, and Malcolm in the Middle was a was a favorite. 
Like, I can just picture Brian Cranston in his yeah. underwear. They don't have a last name. Show. What the fuck? They don't, right? Wow, that's awesome. What a great yeah. trope. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to me what was so appealing to it was just the breadth of characters. Oh, my God. And, well, and locations. <laughs> Stevie, Stevie was great. I, I, I have a very good friend. Malcolm. <laughs> I have a good friend of mine that was paralyzed in a swimming accident when we were 18 years old. And there's something <laughs> off, I guess, about that sense of humor. But he has a very good also sense something of humor. real. And so, do, and so the Stevie character was just, oh my God, he was great. Well, it's also, I feel like you could probably identify with the Malcolm and Stevie relationship because... You yeah. had that role. You were the one who like, carried your friend into parties <laughs> and stuff. There's just there's a certain relationship that crops up in that yes. situation, and Malcolm yep. and Stevie absolutely have it. Absolutely. And there's the the brother, I whose name I'm kind of forgetting right now. The older brother, yeah. older than Reese, uh, uh, Francis. Francis. Francis has. Um, is at military school, yeah, yes. And his commanding officer is Kruger from Seinfeld, who has right. a hook, yes. right? Yep. Um, and then Jane Kismarek, who's the mom, yep. whose name is Lois yep. on the show, works at the like the, the drug grocery store, store the drug, drug store, or whatever. Or and she's got her boss, yep. who's looks like Newman, who lo- is who's in love, in love with, with her. her. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. So like we could sing the praises of the show up and down. It's just uh, yeah. nobody watches that anymore and i need to rewatch it it's incredibly funny but they actually are a really good family like they're ridiculous but that's a show lois is really mean but she is living in a house with an idiot husband and four boys who are absolutely off the walls so she's doing her best and the dad hal is like the sweetest sweetheart in town they actually are like a good, loving family. They're just idiots. Yeah, they just can't get anything All right. of them except Malcolm and Lois are idiots. Yes. Yep. And I think what appealed to me about that, again, is just the multiple locations. Yeah. You know, it just kept it interesting. And there yeah. were different relationships. And they'd pick them up. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't dwell too long. Like you said, um, Francis goes off to camp. And then he goes off and gets married. And he's in yeah. the... Remember Otto? Yes. Yeah. Remember they put the bees on... Uh, <laughs> was it on Dewey? They painted, they put bees on somebody, but they were real bees that got on Brian Cranston. Yeah. I remember from his book. Yep. Anyway, so yeah. that's Malcolm in the middle. I don't know the family. There's, it's just Malcolm's There's family. no surname. Yeah. Malcolm's family. Nope. No. Malcolm's no. family. Uh, number six is the Tanners. Yes. I think Kyle may have referenced them earlier. Full House. Um, you could probably talk better about that show than I could. I, I just thought that. What made that interesting is that there was no mom, yeah. at least no mom in the picture. And I, I guess when I looked at this, I looked at it from a bunch of different views. One is as the kid, right? Who, who would want to hang out in this family? And it would be the mom and dad if you're with them or the siblings. Or So there was something to me you asked when we started. What was it that was appealing to me or how did I categorize it? And I think it was more about what made this family interesting to me. And so this particular family, I thought... Yeah, the girls are fine, but pretty cool. You had you had Joey, yeah, and Jesse, and I just thought, wow, what a cool place to live if you're in this house. Oh my god, how cool would that? I remember thinking how cool it would be. As the a house itself is so fucking cool because it has like the attic and the basement, and like the actual layout is really cool. I, I I don't know. I think the key for this show is just like, I like it was 
pure genius to have three male leads and then three female kids. Like, that that dynamic of, like, these guys that, like, by definition have to be kind of feminized to take care of these young these young girls is really interesting. Like, seeing John Stamos and Bob Saget and Dave Coulier do that is the best part of the show for me. And I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I think that... Like so that I haven't seen like all the shows that you've talked about so far, but I think like those kinds of male figures in shows like this are kind of rare, and so like to have the three of them play off each other like that is unique to this kind of show, and I think what makes it special. I totally agree, and for me, I really, I really liked it because we grew up in a house where our gender roles were: you got to be able to be a girl, be a boy, whatever the situation calls for. We didn't, we weren't classified. Like the girls didn't do girl stuff. I didn't do boy stuff. We just did stuff together. And I remember not being as sensitive to the label of boy show, girl show as I think a lot of kids my age were. Mm. But I remember specifically liking that this show was flexible in that it was a show, like you said, about three grown men and three girls and them like finding how to fit in together as a family. And obviously it's a hokey, goofy show, but it's actually a pretty radical departure from the way most of these shows are structured, just in itself having no mom, and then not introducing Becky into the picture for at least two seasons, you know, could have been more. And every time a potential mom figure comes around for Bob Saget, it just doesn't work out for whatever reason, like... It was, it was loyalty. Just, yeah, it was just pretty ballsy. Like, it was him, a pretty you know? ballsy move on the show's part to just say, first of all, this formula works, but it's also, it's fodder to actually explore, like, those relationships. Like, there's stuff that Danny and Jesse and Joey can't teach the girls or be there for the girls for, but the show definitely, it definitely lionizes and, and kind of compliments them for trying, which I thought was really cool. Like, I think that's sort of the point is they tried. Well, it's, it is it is interesting in that way. Um, I hadn't really thought about it, but now that I look at it, when the, my kids were small, um, their mom, my yeah. wife Maureen, went off to work, and so I that we laugh about it now. I used to do the girls' hair. We would be going someplace very often to my dad's house and mom's house for a Sunday dinner or something, and we'd be meeting Maureen there and. I'd, I'd get them all out of the shower or bath or whatever, and then I would help them get dressed or they would pick their clothes, and they always asked me to do their hair. And I was not good at it at all, but I tried. And I think on some level, watching these guys, I don't know why Joey sticks with me. That, yeah. That he was the, the... He was the emotional core of the show, I think. Yeah, just somehow I remember him talking to the girls and, and sort of being way more than you expected because as i recall he used to wear that hockey jersey all yeah. the time right the red the wings Wing jersey or whatever yeah yep yep, yep. so anyway man also but like how lucky i mean like not lucky but like to get dave coulier and john stamos and bob saget for like however like what seven eight years at the same time like that like those guys yeah. are three all-stars um and that's a great show great pick yeah that is a great yeah. show um five is the Banks family from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Great pick. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. That show came after I was an adult. It wouldn't have necessarily appealed to me. Um, I get sucked into it by my children, 
I believe, and I don't know if it, if we, we weren't really allowed to watch or... it, but we, but yeah, it was reruns. But we, I think you knew it wasn't like a bad show. No, like it was. We technically weren't allowed to watch it, but it was like a soft, not allowed to watch. Yep. And I think, I think, for me, what was appealing about that was there were no parents. Yeah. I mean, there were no parents, and I just—it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, the uncle there, um, Phil, Uncle Phil, mm-hmm. right? And Will Smith. It, I don't know. It's just a great cast, and I—I I kind of enjoyed that. And then the Carl Carlton, of course. I think what I like so much about them is that, like the like Carlton and Hillary and Ashley and Will, are also weirdly different, and like also mostly adults. Like they're, yeah, they're they're like they're not. Chi- yeah, that's funny. They're, they're not that is a good point. They're not that's unusual. They're not really children, but they all live at home because like but yeah, Will's this outside influence on this like, you know, this family that is pretty Well they were rich and kind of out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the point is that like they all had kind of already formed personalities and like Yeah. And so they clash in like inter- in, in more interesting ways, I think, than like kids can interact on like a lot of these shows where the kids are younger. Was he in high school? He showed up. Yeah, like a he senior, was, but right? like, yeah, I think he, I think he might have been a senior. But like Kyle said, it wasn't, it wasn't like a coming of age tale, no. which made it interesting because it's a weird crossover because it's not like one of those shows where it's like the college years. It's not an adult show and it's not a kid show. It's Kind of this weird no man's land, but to your point, Kyle, it worked. Really, and it maybe really it partially well. worked because it was just so unusual. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's unusual because it's a fish out of water story that like continues to be a fish out of water story. Like it's part of the cool thing about Will. Like part of the audience's favorite thing about Will is that he doesn't assimilate into the Bel Air culture. That he always wears, like he wears his school From jacket, Philly, right? Yeah. yeah, he wears his school jacket inside out. Like that's kind of what we find so charming about him. But it's interesting to have that always be the dynamic. Like the dyna- the point of the show is not like that he learns from uncle phil and it's not really that uncle phil learns from him it's just like this concept they're always different and they like the show's kind of fine with that which i think is kind of cool yeah i mean also the show's just awesome it's so good also like like kind of my introduction to like a black family like i didn't know many black families growing up and like so and that's i don't know that's definitely a differentiator for a lot of the shows on this list so that was cool for me too to see yeah it's it's interesting because i think i'm sure we've especially right now like we're all thinking about these kind of topics but it is interesting when you think about what's the best way to introduce white america to people who are different than them is it is it through things that are like realistic dramatized or idealized i guess would be kind of the three i'm just thinking off the cuff like there's sort of different ends of the spectrum there's sort of what is a realistic portrayal of life for people who are different than you what is sort of a version of it that's idealized and what's like the wire there's sort of different ways and i think people would argue about whether or not the fresh prince on on whole does a good thing or does not do a good thing but i would argue like you this was really good for me growing up because it was a model of a successful family that worked really hard and was really sweet and kind and 
for me as a little white kid, I didn't have points of contact with black people. And to see that on a show like The Fresh Prince, that was also good because <laughs> right. it had it has to be good. Yeah. That was a good thing for me, for sure. I, I would happen to agree with you that it's of those choices you just mentioned. I think the idea that you see this family as non-threatening, and even if it's even if it's yeah, like a little hokey. To, yeah, it it just is an easier thing to accept and sort of ease into. That well, that's you know, the thing too. It's not quite too. so harsh. Yeah. It's not quite so. I don't know. It's a TV show. Yeah. You know, you just kind of exposed to something new and. Um, I like that. And I as a kid, too, good. I think it's good. It's it's like a good... It's a good thing to see first because you don't get... Your, as a kid, you're too dumb and yeah. too inexperienced to understand the, the subtlety of like yeah. a show like The Wire. Yeah. You should just see something that models, you know, kind of a happy family. And that was a really good, happy family. Yeah, and it was. And they Aunt never did too serious No, trouble. and Aunt Viv yeah. and Uncle yeah. Phil were just, yeah. they were doing their best. Absolutely. <laughs> also, Carlton and Will is just a great, oh my God, what a great pair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that, four, what number was that? That was, that was number five. Okay. Four is the Bunker family from All in the Family. <laughs> um, no list would be no. complete without the Bunkers. I would urge you if you ever have the chance to go back and watch as many of those as possible i think they're really well acted um incredibly i cannot believe how good that show is when we started watching that two or three years ago yeah Yeah. that is a a, it's funny like it's actually funny to watch right now it's topical which is you know a whole other thing but it's smart and it's funny it just doesn't feel like it could possibly have been written 40 years ago carol o'connor yeah um archie had a heck of a career i mean i think he was pretty well respected uh gene stapleton who was edith bunker his wife also had a career rob reiner who was meat subsequent amazing career doing a lot and and directing correct yeah acting in princess bride yeah yeah and then also um i know i can't think of her name right now uh, I wanted to say Jean Stapleton. That's that's Edith. I can picture her. she's got the dogs. Yeah, I know. We'll think about it. Anyway, yeah, your show was great, and I think I think um, it was just funny. They had neighbors. They had George and Wheezy Jefferson, and they were the black neighbors that Archie didn't want. He, he <laughs> hated when they moved in next to him because there goes the neighborhood. And uh, over time, the show just morphed into something that was really kind of sweet, and he got to become good friends with them and he was a businessman uh george jefferson they did a dry cleaning or something dry cleaning business and he was actually more successful than archie was yeah and they had a son lionel and lionel understood what was going on he was a hip kid from the 60s and (laughs) he he just played it up but that that show was a classic and i think i liked it um at the time because i thought it was funny and i think it really has aged well oh my god yeah they they dealt with a lot of really sophisticated topics that weren't being dealt with at that time and certainly weren't being dealt with in the way that they did. And it's just a really kind of cool place. It's it just was, a fundamentally positive yeah. and kind yep. show, yep. but not in a in a way that some of these shows we've talked about are maybe overly positive. Like this is a really real smart show, but it it's sweet. It try. It tells you as the viewer, try to understand Archie. Try to understand yeah. Meathead. Like, to try to understand George and Wheezy. 
which is cool and a little bit of a challenge. And for me, there was also a little bit of Lansdale in it. They, they, yeah, they, where they, my dad's this, from. This bunch of row houses or duplexes or I guess row houses are all connected. But anyway, that's that was my number four. Uh, all right, so that brings us to number three. Do you want to do honorables first, or what do you think? Sure. I'll, does that work? I'll throw a couple out there. Oh yeah, that works for me. So this list could have been so much longer for me. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I know. So so a couple of I just threw two down, but there were others. One was the Brady's from the Brady Bunch. Yep. That was a show that was on in the I guess the '60s and the '70s. That was about a mixed family. The husband. Uh, had three boys from a previous... Boys of his own. Boys of his own. Uh, it was actually about this lovely lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who had, yeah, three girls. Um, they got together. He was a... I think he was an architect or... He was like a smart guy. I feel like the yeah, show made the point he was actually guy. like a smart dude. Yep. They never really explained it. The mom, I believe, was a stay-at-home mom, but yeah. they had a maid named Alice. Yeah. And they never really... He just croaked, I think. Did she? In real life, yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Um, the show was good. It was... Kind of hijinks sort of stuff. I don't think it was overly sophisticated. My my weird attraction to that show was I didn't have brothers. My family, I was one of four, and there were three girls and then me. And so when I watched that show, I was always sort of envious of the fact that they each had two brothers, mm-hmm. right? So there were three brothers, and they had, depending on where they were in the order, someone to hang out with. And so I think I was kind of drawn to that because it was a large family. Which is that's, that's the thing that I think I'm always drawn to in these two is the large families on TV where there are none oh, of the legit, where there's none of the logistical struggles of like paying for college, right. getting ready in the morning, all that shit that actually makes a big family yeah. tough. It's, it's pretty appealing. There's always somebody to hang out with. Absolutely. So I think that's, that's one. Um, another one was the Cunninghams of the happy days. Uh, <laughs> Gang, which was... Which is Richie, which is Ronnie Howard, right? Richie was Ronnie Howard, yep. Who uh, else is in the Cunningham family? So Joni okay. was his sister. And I forget what her name is, but she ended up on a spinoff, uh, the Joni and Chachi yeah, show. Yeah, I was going to say, Joni loves Chachi, yep, right? Joni loves Chachi. Uh, so there was just the two kids, the mom and the dad. The dad owned a hardware store, I, okay. I believe. And the mom was a stay-at-home mom, but... I think what made that show really interesting to me was it was set in the 50s again. Yeah. And I had read a little bit about it. My mom and dad both grew up in the 50s, at least part of the 50s. And um, it just was interesting to me. And they had a cast of characters like Fonzie and Potsy and Ralph Mouth and uh, I guess kind of like a a burger joint where they hung out. And so... uh, that was just good fun. We in my house, it was on on Tuesday nights, and I remember that was one of the shows you mentioned in the seventies. Uh, I think that was on probably in the mid seventies through maybe early eighties or or maybe early seventies. I think it had an eight or ten year run, and there were so many other shows that were trying to be cutting edge that were probably influenced by the sixties. This was a show that my family sat down to watch. The whole family sat down Tuesday nights. It was Happy Days, and then. A show called Laverne and Shirley was on after it. And so for me, I think honorable mention, and not that there was great writing or particularly sophisticated, it didn't really address issues, but it just seemed like a fun time. Yeah. So Some happy days. That's another one. Some happy days, exactly. I'd be remiss if I didn't throw the Flintstones in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go too close to home, but I'm pretty sure you grew up 
<laughs> At the very least, your dad is Fred Flintstone. Yes. There was, there was a time. Uh, I doubt he listens to these. At yeah. least I hope he doesn't. But um, <laughs> we were talking about it the other day. Kyle, you have a rocking beard. Like yeah. You have a thick beard. You have a great yeah. beard. But it's sort of appropriate. It knows where to stop. It's appropriately placed. My dad had a beard like Fred Flintstone that that started under his eyes oh and ended at his toes, and and so the I work with a guy who has the same. He that guy has five o'clock shadow at nine a.m. Well, you know, you know the picture that one we like. Yeah, my dad and his two brothers, they're all wearing trench coats. It's got to be nineteen. I don't know seventy. Yeah, nineteen sixty seventy yeah. somewhere around there, and. The the beard. So the Flintstones were cool. Oddly, early on there were no kids. They, they yeah, Bam Bam had, and Pebbles. Right, and just I want to say. So you and I were watching recently a clip of um, Fred gets a TV. Yeah, and Barney's hiding in the TV, yes. and he's trying to chase him down. Long story short, Fred has a little bit of a temper. <laughs> I don't know if maybe you wanted to share with Kyle. A recent incident that landed you in the hospital where oh, you were using oh. your hand. I yeah I <laughs> I I'm really patient, mm-hmm. like my Very. dad and like my son. Sure, it's a, it's a family trait. I was at our cabin where you've been, and somebody challenged me to get a nail out mm. from between these boards. And, and to I, be fair, wedged in there pretty deep, like pretty impressively deep. I don't know what the hell and happened. And in fact, it was my wife who said, oh, can you get this out? And I said, oh, sure I can. She said, you probably can't. Um, I've already tried. Mm-hmm. So Famous I started words. down the basement to get some tools. To get some but, like pliers maybe. Yeah, yeah. but I, I thought... You know, yeah. these these are tools, and so he's I, it, for the listeners. We're brandishing our fists right now. <laughs> oh, anyway, I was able to get the thing out. It took me way too much time. I ended up, I ended up bending my fingernail, my thumbnail, uh, all the way back. Uh, it, stop! Oh. Exactly. Exactly. This is not a twist ending. Exactly yeah. how any rational person would expect this story to end. It ended right. I ended up, I ended up at the emergency room oh a week later. The whole thing got infected, <laughs> and just for being stupid. So yes, I yeah, but you got that nail out. He you sure he won. I I actually was kind of proud of that. Yeah. Take <laughs> that nail. Win. You should see the nail. All right, that's your honorables. Exactly. Let's go. Let's go. Keep this puppy uh, moving. So number three. three is the Griffins, the Griffin <laughs> family of family guys. Oh, yeah. this is the this is so satisfying to me because I was tarred as a fool by my entire family for years as like a a, a disgusting heathen for finding this gross show so funny and. I'm now gone, and my dad is trying to keep himself entertained. And every time I come over to his house, my mom is shaking her head as my dad laughs at you know, Family Guy. We're lucky there's a man who positively can do all the yeah. things that make us laugh. All and the cry. things. Yep. Yes. Yes. He is uh, a Family Guy. <laughs> I don't know what I like more about <laughs> that show, or most about that show. Um, well, they got a talking dog. They, yep. they got a baby stupid. You really like Brian. I love Brian. I know. You're a big Brian guy. <laughs> Brian is funny. Yeah. When Brian dates a woman. I was say, I like that he dates like so a real wrong. woman. Yeah. But it's it's just funny. And it's voiced by some fa- It's like Anna Faris or somebody famous. It's like an actual attractive actress and it makes it all the funnier. And I love Meg. Yep. She's 
just... She's, they're so mean to Meg. They're very mean to Meg. And I can't think of it. Chris. Chris. Chris is great. Chris is a great character. You definitely like uh, Herbert. <laughs> like Did Herbert's you say neighbor. Scrap yeah, Herbert's neighbor. Yeah, Herbert's neighbor. Strap on. Stop by. <laughs> right. Hey. I'm mostly on paperboy. Hey. Get your fat ass back here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. And I, I just like, I like Peter's friends. I, yeah. again, there's another guy in a wheelchair. Yep, like, Joe. Joe, Joe the cop, and there's something... That's funny. That's funny. It is. We can pretend it's not funny. It's funny. It's funny because because in its own way, it's very real. So there's, yeah. there's an episode. I forget what happens, but somehow Joe is out of his wheelchair, and he's dragging himself by his arms, and you're like... How can this guy be a cop? It's so it's so <laughs> nonsensical. He has a hell of an upper body. Yeah. He's got a great upper body, but yeah. his legs don't work. And so it's particularly funny to me because, as I mentioned before, a good friend of mine um, has been in a wheelchair since we were 18. And one of my favorite stories about him is we were out at a club. We were probably 20 years old. And I was with my then girlfriend, now wife. And we were at a bar in one of the towns near our house. And... We were talking, and he was talking to this girl, and not a lot of people will approach a guy in a wheelchair. And so you're always kind of wary, like, you know, what's going on? How's, how's it going to go? And so I saw this girl talking to him, and my wife and I, Maureen girlfriend, were watching him, thinking, wow, good for, good for him. This, this is going really well. And suddenly it ended. And I said to him, pal, what happened? What, what? He's like, ugh. This is never going to work out. I said, why? He said, she is so dumb. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay, why? He said, she asked me to dance. And I said, sure. Now, his dancing was, he learned to pop wheelies in his wheelchair. He would absolutely... There's a ride. great picture of him dancing with my great-grandmother at your wedding. Right. He, would go on yeah. the, he would go on a dance floor and spin and do the best he could from the wheelchair. And he said... I said, sure. So he says, I start spinning around. And she says, no, 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 I want you to dance with me. And he says, well, what do you mean? She says, well, I'll hold you. Oh, my God. And he says, you're going to hold me? How tall are you? <laughs> she says, well, I'm 5'4". I'm he says, well, how tall do you think I am? She says, well, you don't look... About my height. Yeah, you don't look very tall. He says... I'm in a wheelchair. If you stretch me, I'm six feet tall. What are we going to do with my legs? Drag them around. So anyway, watching, watching Joe, yeah, Joe struggle, it just sort of hits close to home. And it's, it's probably a weird sense of humor, and some people might find it offensive. but It's a little bit cathartic. It's funny. Like, what are you supposed to do? It's funny. That's, that's part of what I like about that show is there's a lot of shows that will claim the moral high ground of the we pick on everyone. And I think most shows are completely full of shit. That is a show that is genuinely pretty, uh, pretty democratic in how it doles out its abuse. Nobody is safe. Nobody no. is safe. No. Apart from being a great show, they're just a very unique family. Like, there's a they have a talking dog and an evil mastermind baby and a pariah daughter and kind of a general fuck-up son and Chris. Like, it's just... <laughs> but Lois is great. Like, Lois is great. Well, she It's it's kind of a typical sitcom setup, but I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. It's that the wife is just always the smartest yeah. one in the family. Yeah. <laughs> and I... <laughs> there's kind of has the ring of truth to it. 
You've also got the pewter sh- pewter schmitz yes. in the in the background and now where did the pewter schmitz send their boys to school? Did they send them to Mortingwood Academy? Yes. Yes. With James to... J. Bottom Tube. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Yeah, all right. That's that show. The list probably I should say might not follow the Yeah, I'm looking at this one, this is interesting. Uh, number two is the Sopranos. Wow. I I I know not a sitcom like yeah. these others are, but there's something about that family that is just so, so clever, so interesting. The friend group, I think, like in the same way that Peter Griffin has some pretty interesting friends. Yeah, there's something about that show that I that. Well, one thing that's cool about it yeah. is that I think a lot of people abuse the immediate family in the same way that people do about Breaking Bad. Like they'll they'll say, oh, the worst episodes are the ones with Anthony and Meadow or whatever. And whatever, take or leave that argument. I don't happen to agree, but take it or leave it. I think it is, I would be very willing to bend the rules a little bit of this discussion because Tony's family, I think you could make a pretty strong argument that his real family is not Carmela and Meadow and Anthony Jr. It's Uncle June. It's Silvio. It's Polly Walnuts. It's Big Pussy. It's, you know... Bobby Bacala, like that's his real family. Those are, and it, some of them, I and to be fair, some of them are blood related to him. Yep. His nephew Christopher, that's his family. Absolutely, that's his whole family, and you know, they're effed up and they're crazy, and but it's but at, a it's weird at heart, underlying kindness. It's at heart a family show. Yeah. Like yeah. I was watching an episode recently in the first season, and. It's a group of people that loves and accepts Tony for who he is yep. in a way that his family can't, which is very understandable because he doesn't make it easy for his family. But it's interesting to see how he's so much more comfortable around this family that accepts him unconditionally because they accept him unconditionally because he's ashamed of who he is. Yep. He's fundamentally very... He feels really guilty about who he is and what he does. but the But the guys don't question him yeah and it's kind of interesting too when you add in that he sees a psychologist or a psychiatrist and this big burly guy there's a weird sort of side to it that you know you're talking about how okay you have you have the fresh prince of bel-air and you know here's a black family and maybe it's your first introduction to them and so you see them in this particular light i might argue that he is one of the early guys that's in therapy and he's this rough and tumble oh my god yeah the message there is kind of interesting too. Here's this Don of a mob family or or whatever, yeah. who's got weaknesses and I mean, and, it's important. It's yeah. important for a couple of things. One, it's important for mob families because we talk about like you talk about um, you know Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv being really successful. There just weren't that many black families featured on television, and so there's not as much sort of cultural memory on TV, and so. They're not as they're more interacting with like real life perceptions of black people, but I think Tony's interesting because he's interacting with years and years of movie and TV stereotypes about Italian mobsters. Yeah. Like he's not so much a response to what people in real life think about Italians, but he's a response to what people in movies and TV think about Italian mobsters, and to see him as you know broken and and kind of struggling as he is is important. But it's also interesting because we were just starting the first season. Caroline and I have seen it, but we're, I'm rewatching it with Caroline. 
they're talking a lot about mental health and medication because mm. this is kind of around the time that like Prozac, um, you know, became kind of popularized. And, and the show is, it's not like the most nuanced, interesting discussion of it, but the show is trying to sort through what does that all mean? Like, what does it mean to be a person who's trying to do the best for their family when they're struggling? Yep. And I it's not perfect, but hey, it's a better shot than most shows were giving it. There's also a lot of humor in it. Oh, if you they watch do a great. Show, it's the show funny. It's actually they, very funny. Yeah. There's there's a lot to it. So uh, my the <laughs> the family I might <laughs> most like to be a part of is the modern family, the Dunphys. Yeah, it's the right pick. And I don't know. Michael and I talk about the arc of a, of any sort of sh- long running show and. <laughs> That that show had me hooked. Yeah, explain. There was there was one episode. I remember the day you came back and you said, "Oh my God, there's finally a TV show that gets me. This is the show. I've only watched this one clip. We gotta watch it. Go." I remember you said that to me. So, um, the show starts out, and the (laughs) the father Phil. I think I identify with him because he's kind of a nerd, and he's got philosophies and and all that stuff. So, I I just happen to like him. Anyway, Jerry's wisdom, philosophies. They're they're in the backyard, and uh, they're doing something in the sun. The young son has a has like an air gun or something, and he shoots one of the sisters. And so the dad says, "Give me that gun." And I'm going to have to teach you a lesson. So his lesson is to shoot the kid in the ass with the little air gun. Okay? Now, why is that funny to you? <laughs> it's, it's funny to me because dad logic doesn't always make a lot of sense. So when we were kids, we had a, we had a family cabin up in the mountains of Pennsylvania and we kind of grew up fishing and, and hunting and all that stuff. And so from a very young age, we had a BB gun for the kids. And like I said, I was myself and my three older sisters. And so there was this BB gun in this cabin and we'd shoot at cans and targets and all that stuff. Anyway, the one rule when, when you were introduced to a gun is never, 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 ever point it at anyone unless you intend to kill them. Never. Okay? All right, fine. So, so my sister <laughs> shot <laughs> shot one of us, and or pointed at us. I'm sorry, pointed hey. at one of us. And so my dad intervened, grabbed the gun, and shot her in the ass with a BB gun. <laughs> so, yeah. And yep. to be, and let's be clear, yeah. not in like vengeful anger. This was his version of a life lesson. Oh yeah. Yeah, this was not like, ah, this was like I am now going to teach my daughter a lesson by shooting her in the ass. Yes. 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 And so that's Phil why Dunphy you don't leave the bridge door open. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So and I liked I liked Yeah. At its best, <laughs> that show was great. It dealt with a lot of issues. Yeah. It de- dealt Talk with Talk about modeling like, yeah. you know, divorce isn't the end of the world and, you know, having a, a gay family that's trying to adopt is yep. is just another part of the family and, you know, it it was like it was just showing you that a modern family doesn't need to be June and Ward Cleaver. Yeah. It just is. And then and then of course Phil was a realtor. My wife oh is a realtor God. and so there's there's human competing in that with Skip Woosnum. Yep. Skip yep. Skip Woosnum. So 
Anyway, that that would be my Gilthorpe. Gil, Gilthorpe. I would yeah. say I've never seen an episode. Pickles. Yeah, I've never seen an episode of this show, and I would say that fool of a toque. I know. I would say that that like that lends credence to the the idea that it's number one because I know who all these characters are. Yeah. Like this this show has a cultural place. It's not just a TV show. So I think yeah. like that. I think that's true probably of the Sopranos too. So like I think you've picked the right couple for the top of the list here, but I don't know. I love the idea of our our number one being a a family that is appropriate for our, our modern day and age. Like it's, it's it's a lot about what it's it's a, a directly addressing like a lot of the debate and I'm using air quotes here about what a modern yeah. family is. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah. It's it's a great show. Not only is it a great yeah. family, it's a great show. It's just, it's, and it's the, kind. And it's, it's kind. And it's hard. It it's is. A, it's a kind. It gets. Show. It definitely. We've talked about. It, it definitely gets a little bit lazier mm-hmm. in its writing later on, but there's about three or four seasons of that show that are about as funny as TV shows get. Oh my god, you can relate to it. Yeah. You, you just the clown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just good. It's yeah. good. That's one I think you would you would enjoy. I would say. Just drop as you start to lose interest, drop off. Like yeah. if you're if you're watching, you're like, yeah, just drop off. But it's funny for a while, and look out for Carl Weathers. Remember they, isn't it? No, Billy D. It's Billy D. Williams. He played. Remember they played cards with Billy D. Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. Chaz Planetary. Yeah, Chad. Oh my God, I forgot about him. He makes a cameo yep. for a couple of episodes yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, Fred Willard, rest in peace. Fred Willard. Yep. Yep. Your guy Steve's on. Mm-hmm. Love oh Steve Zahn. He's great. Yeah, Steve Zahn is on the show, and he's hilarious. Did you ever see the movie Riding in Cars with Girls? No. Oh, my God. He's in it with Drew Barrymore. Mm. Love Steve Zahn. They, they ended up getting divorced, and he's his character. He's just dumb as a stump, but he's so sweet. And whatever. That's I'm a big fan. He's, yeah. He's very funny. Um, shall I... Review the list, and then do you have any ch- ads or anything? I'm sure I've missed. There's, the list is was so kind of hard to come up with, but there must be. I'm sure you've missed. I, I, this feels like a pretty Jerry list, but Kyle, what do you got? Anything? Uh, I'd like to mention a few. So a couple that I would just like to mention but don't care about are the Barones uh, from Everybody Loves oh, Raymond. Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah, just the, I, They're like a unique sitcom family and that the kids don't matter at all. Like, it's just about... Weirdly... Yeah. Raymond and his Adam. parents and his brother. Um, yeah, that's an interesting no. point. It's a little bit like the Fresh Prince situation where there's just kind of no kids. Yeah. But even then, they're older. They're yeah. in their 30s or 40s. Yeah. And, they, and they get the parents across. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. The, I have to say, I have to say, yeah, the Taylors from Home Improvement. Oh, good call. That's I think yep. contractually you're obligated as our Michigander. Uh, they're a fine family. Like, it's really just about Tim and Wilson and Al, uh, Big Al Borland, but... The Taylors. Um, my dad will get a kick out of this. Do you, did you guys ever watch this weird old show called Third Rock from the Sun? Of course. He did, right? Yeah. yeah. The, yep. the Solomons, they're an interesting family because they're aliens, but uh, they, my good dad will be happy I mentioned them. Three that I'm like fairly serious about. Um, if we're including the Griffins, we should probably talk about the Simpsons. Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, the Winslows from Family Matters. I think they're a pretty big family in TV. I don't remember anything about them except Carl and uh, our friend Stephen Urkel. Yeah, Carl Winslow and, and Steve Urkel. So maybe not like serious consideration, but worth mentioning. Yeah. 
the one that I'm like dead serious about, and if we do end up making changes, like they should be on the list, uh, is the Roses from Schitt's Creek. They're my favorite TV oh. family. No, we should because they should be like, like one or two, three to five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're amazing. Do you watch Schitt's Creek, Good Jerry? Call. I've never seen it. I actually saw one or two episodes, and I don't know what happened. We just didn't watch it long enough to get into it. I, I just want to go back for a second to the Barones, which mm. is one of the things that I think I very much like it. Like about it, one is I can identify it <laughs> with it because it's a long story. But my parents and live down the road; they're very involved in our life, and so there's that aspect. But Dylan can also identify because his grandfather shouted as the mayor of that town on the show. That's right, okay. Dylan. I think it's kind of fascinating, or one of the things I enjoy is that even as adults, Raymond yep. and um, the big guy, what his brother's name, why can't I think of his brother's Ray Barone, what's Ray's brother's name? Robert. 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 Raymond! They, they still have this sort of relationship <laughs> from kids. They're like little They're boys. They're petulant. It's great. But that's families. Yeah. I often talk to Michael or whoever will listen that it's weird. I'm 56 years old. And when we would get together with my family, everybody plays this role yeah. where you really never get to grow up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I see my, my dad is 83. He's got a 95-year-old sister and an 88-year-old sister and a 90-year-old brother. And we're to, when they're together after all this time, they still fit these roles, which is one of the things that I think I really appreciated yeah. about Robert and Ray. It was just I thought it was kind of clever. But God, I'm sorry. Shit's Creek. I've not seen it. I will watch it. It's yeah. magical. And the roses. Yeah, it really is. The roses. Uh, they're just a very special TV family. I mean, the, the show itself is just. It makes basically every decision that the show makes is the right one. And the family stuff is really right. Because it's. The relationships stay honest and kind of consistent throughout the show. But they grow. That's the that's the big that's kind of the big hallmark of that show is that all of the relationships deepen and grow, but they always stay true to what they are, yeah. and it's uh, that's really rare. Such a beautiful TV. show. I like it's yeah. truly beautiful. So I would yeah. I would like to put them on the list, but yeah, have at it. I, I think there's one other that I have to mention, and for obvious reasons, we probably can't put it on the list. But it's the Huxtables. Yeah, from yeah. the Cosby yeah. Show. That that show was. Putting aside that he's obviously not a good guy, yeah. Um, that show was really oh my God, yeah. for a long time and a really of, kind. It all gets muddied talent. by his legacy, yep. but yeah, that's yep. and he was a doctor, and it was really cool because he used to wear a different college sweatshirt every every episode, and I thought it was, you know, it got to the point where you'd watch thinking, geez, yeah. maybe he'll have my college on, and it wasn't it wasn't just Harvard and Yale; it was a lot of different yeah. things, and so. Bad guy, really good show, interesting show, prominent doctor, black doctor, which, yeah. you know, at that time, I'm just trying to think of what else was on other than George Jefferson, who yeah. was a, owned a dry Business cleaning man. business. You know, that wasn't, oh. Sanford. Sanford and Son. Yes. Sanford. Fred Sanford. Do you know about Sanford and Son? <laughs> I just watched the Scrubs episode where they do the dance. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I want to mention just a couple of um, good sibling relationships that are kind of not a family, but like good siblings, or at least interesting. I think the um, Saul and his brother. Uh, oh gosh, are, are really interesting on on 
Better Call Saul. I think that the entire white clan is interesting on Breaking Bad. I They're another group that gets shit on a lot. It's not a good family per se, <laughs> but it's a very interesting family. Mm-hmm. Uh, one really amazing relationship that I've loved recently was the two sisters on Fleabag. Yes, um, great pick. I, like a re- it doesn't they're not a family per se because it's just the two of them really, but I, their relationship similar to what I was saying about Shit's Creek is really consistent but growth oriented. Like you see the growth but they're still true to each other the whole time. But I think in the interest of time we should yeah. make a couple ads. I think we do Shit's Creek and The Simpsons. How do people feel about that? Great. Yeah. All right. So I think let's, Jerry, if this works for you, let's drop nine and ten off the list and yep. do a little sliding. Yep. Um, how do we feel about basically making The Simpsons and The Roses three and four? Great. I'm happy Kyle? with that. Okay. So we'll go Rose Simpson. Yeah, I like that. All right. Jerry, you ready? Nope, no, no, you got it. So 10 was, nope, we dropped 9 and 10, correct? Yeah. So uh, 10 would be the Cleavers, leave it to Beaver. Um, 9 would be Malcolm in the middle. Uh, 8 would be the Tanners. 7 would be the Banks, French, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 6 would be the Bunkers, all in the family. 5 would be the Griffins, family guy. 4 would be the Sopranos. Three, oh, Simpsons, give it to the Simpsons. 4 would be the Simpsons? Yeah. Okay, and then what is 3? The Roses from Schitt's the roses. Creek. And two, Sopranos. That's right. And and one would be the Dunphy's Modern Family. Booyah. Wow. That's a great list. And, and one of your first pop culture lists, which is yeah. interesting. You're typically... Uh, Usually it's straight from the brain script. of Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Big Maybe fan. a good break from that for the listeners. I think sometimes it's too much, but I, I in the interest of the COVID... 19 virus which covid <laughs> well <laughs> yeah <laughs> no no I, don't I'm say not, that i'm not going to <laughs> funny joke but it's a bad one uh at any rate i've been trying to go a little more mainstream that's yeah. all i think the world has enough on its mind without one extra nutbag floating <laughs> around wacko yeah all right kyle you want to uh want to talk about some stuff well here's where we do thank yous and i'll blaze right through them thank you kevin mcleod you're the man for the music, the intro, and the not top three. Thank you, Erin, for the artwork. Her stuff is on Instagram at Sand Design. Thank you, Jerry, for your time and this wonderful list. I always love talking to you on this podcast. And thank you to our delightful social media coordinator, my fiance, Caroline Labranti. You can find her work for us at Top10KM on Instagram with the 10 T-E-N. If you want to check out her personal stuff, including some of her new wedding shots, you can check her out at cml.photos on instagram if you want to check us out on our facebook where we recently got a truly unsolicited message from a fan who we don't know which was pretty cool uh kyle do you remember uh the listener's name i don't have it right in front of me i'm gonna i'm gonna hold it back because i think it might be fun to introduce him uh potentially as a guest at some point he's got some expertise we might be able to draw from all right, then we'll hold off on that. But it's a good place to do some stuff. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email telling us all the various ways we've failed, that is top10km at gmail.com with the 10 also spelled out T-E-N. Finally, I'm sure you're listening to this on some sort of listening app, but if you're looking for another one, we are on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So 
Kyle. That's all I get to say. Jerry, thank you for yeah, joining us. Well, thank you all for having me. And I just wanted to throw out there that oh boy. with vacation season being upon us, I am always available as a third, second, or first chair. Yeah, whatever number so, chair we need. So keep that in mind. My, That's Jerry's new podcast for what it's worth. <laughs> always welcome in my book, Jerry. In that case, not in mine, but it was nice having you tonight. <laughs> yours, thank you. Excellent work, amigos. I'll catch you soon. All right. Ciao. Adios. Peace.